I used to use an analogy about, um, you know, living at base camp. So you can live at base camp, but you can't live at the peak of Mount Everest, right? So right. you want to be able to set yourself up with a pretty sturdy, you know, um, campsite. And, and you know, for me, I think the whole concept of getting to stage too is about that ability to live at campsite four, burst to the summit, peak at the top, then get back down before you kill yourself. Welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. Today's guest is an incredibly successful fitness model. She's an incredibly successful online coach with literally hundreds of wins, hundreds of pro cards, hundreds of pro athletes, and all around. The reason I had decided to have this guest on is because she just is a good person, and I wanted to dig into how she manages to uh, maintain such a successful coaching roster and a great outlook on life while she continues to push herself through trials, tribulations, and hardships like we all have. And I've had the amazing pleasure of um, coaching and working with Alicia Gowans for the last few months and uh, just really love her energy and her outlook. And I know you will too. And some of the topics we get into today are the necessity of persistence and success. And like when tr obstacles arise and things get hard, knowing that you can persist through anything and understanding that your obstacle is your greatest opportunity for growth. Um, we talk about commitment. We talk about being a great human being. And she has an incredible insight into all of these aspects of ultimately not just creating a body that you love, but living your greatest life because mindset plays a huge role in not only success in your physical body, but success in every aspect of your life, right? People chase this ideal body and believe that, hey, when I achieve my ideal body, I will be happy. But the reality is that the happiness has to precede the body. And if you can create a happy mind and a fulfilled mind, the body will just be a great byproduct. And my guest today, Alicia Gowans, and I discussed this and her hardships, her trials, and the things she still continues to go through while balancing a really, really busy schedule of being the WBFF world champion, top spokesperson, and coaching a huge roster of clients. So one of the interesting things that uh, caught my attention about Alicia, which I'll say in the podcast, is when I first met her, she started talking about an injury she had and had this level of awareness around the reality that this injury was actually a result of her emotional state, which is a really interesting conversation that most people aren't aware of. Um, most physical manifestations often come as a result of some type of trauma that lives inside of you. So Alicia's awareness of that was one of the things that intrigued me to have this conversation. And the, the conversation was an amazing one that you're going to love. I hope you listen right to the end and enjoy this conversation with Miss Alicia Gowans. I think the easiest place for us to kick off for the audience is um, giving them an idea of your, your background. And uh, you know, honestly, a lot of the traction came for me when I had actually gone through my injury and there was so much vulnerability around that and mm. I shared the whole journey, you know, um, quite publicly. And there was so many people that, that connected into that and saw the evolution of me mm -hmm. <laughs> over that course of time but then also um, that could relate to it. You know, it's not just about the bottleneck that I had physically, it's the bottlenecks they face in everyday life. So it was that ability for me to have a voice and people to feel like they could then open up and share with me challenges they'd been facing. That was probably largely it. Um, I was already, you know, quite an established profile inside of the fitness industry in Australia sure. anyway, but that just, it just took me to a whole nother level. And I think people, you know, witnessed me with adversity and in spite of it become incredibly successful, you know. Like mm -hmm. I said to you, you know, I had gone through that injury <laughs> rehab myself um, and, you know, nowhere near as effectively as we are now um, to four crowning titles, you know. I hold the most crowns. So that was before you got any of these That was before wins. I got – that was before I had my injury before I got any of these wins. Oh, this wow. is why I'm saying, yeah, like my – this is why – 
I've established myself as firmly as I have. And, you know, for me, I think you'll find that most people that talk about me talk about me in a way where it's they feel safe. You know, it's I've got a nickname as the mother hen and it's because I look after the team, but I, they all know that they're quite safe with me to have conversations that are quite confronting and quite vulnerable spaces um, and have the capacity to move through those without judgment. It's you know, so, so important, right? And, it's really important. I think important. that's why people um, come to me is mm. like I don't judge anybody. I'm like I, I don't. I've 100%. been through way more bullshit than most people have. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like who am I to judge or place an opinion on? Like you'll you'll take every opportunity to to show yourself, right? Correct. Like show who you really are. Correct. And if you're a great person, like who are we to judge? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. And I think, well, it's as I said to you. That's the main reason why. I resonate with you straight away is because you've got that same sort of outlook on things. And you, you're more progressive too, quite innovative in, in the way you look at stuff and, and nothing is out of scope. You know, you're open to most things, which I'm the same. Like you have a look at my team. It doesn't look stereotypical of someone that takes, you know, a route to stage. I'm very open about the fact that I have specialists in all these different areas that work mm-hmm. with me in all these different spaces because they're making me holistically the best version of myself. It's not just give me a training program, give me a food plan, and off I go. It's totally. That's the, the worst game. thing about this industry, right? And, and, you know, we still deal with it. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. Um, this reality that people have done it this way for a long time, therefore it's the right way. Exactly. And, you know, or, it's like hit myself in the head. I'm like, God, you idiots. Or, or it's worked for everyone else, so it's going to work right. for you. In the 80s, it worked for, you know, whomever. Exactly. And I think they forget that life is part of the process too, you know, so – People's emotions, people's situations, people's complexities, you know, the layers of the onion aren't dealt with. Yeah. You know, not by not by traditional scopes of method. Right. And I think that's probably so what all my audience different. is hearing me go down this path really consistently with the mm-hmm. autonomic nervous system. Like, pay Correct. attention to this, pay attention to this, pay attention to this. Correct. Well, that's where it ties in. It's like Correct. this is your way of objectively measuring your life. Correct. Right? Like, hey, where's your stress? Yep. Where's your environment? Well, th- this is our so far our best known metric on like Correct. hey, this is actually giving you exact data on what's happening in your life. How what's your yeah. perception of stress? How recovered are yeah. you? How well are you sleep? Sleeping, yeah. look at and, and what we often see is, um, you know, the immediate response to that if someone's showing something is cut calories, add stuff in. But realistically, if they got out of the way, it's a case of where's the log jam? So if you think about, you know, going back to the loggers, they'd have their logs going down the river and all of a sudden they get one jam and it backs everything up and there's a bottleneck, right? Does it require a massive overhaul? No, it requires that one little thing being taken out of the equation. So start asking the question, where's your log jam? I actually set homework for my team all the time and weekly protocols where they've got to come back to me with quite reflective-based assignments. And the last one that I just did was on where's your log jam? So tell me what's the one thing that's your bottleneck at the moment. Most people know. Uh, well, I shouldn't and say that, sucks. actually. You probably run at this, too. Like, So this is why I created the pillars, like the six yes. pillars of a lean, healthy, muscular physique, because it's coming from one of these six pillars always. Yeah. So these are the six things that you can impact your physique with. But most people, from my experience, think it's the nutrition. And I think most people no, are wrong. It's, it's life. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually life. It, it is. And it's usually the things that impact on them. And they're not even aware that it is, you know, at a subconscious level, um, which we've talked about even that shows up in pain mechanisms, which, you know, we'll get into in this podcast. But, um, you know, it's the much broader stuff that goes unnoticed or unobserved quite frequently and then they put a band-aid over it and expect it to go away well it's not it's a big gaping wound it's not going to heal until you shine some air and some do light you begin to it. talk to your clients about the emotional stuff mm-hmm. or do you have yeah, people do. that you refer to i i it comes to a point and then at a point where you know that it's sure. out of scope then it gets referred on for sure 100 percent. i've got yeah. specialists in every area that feed into my business that have specific focuses. So someone comes to you with uh alicia i'm having you know, I'm st- I feel stressed or I have anxiety or I have depression or I have issues with food. What are your questions? I'm very curious because I've got kind of like a, I don't know, I don't know if I say I have a canned approach, but like, you know what? I, I think, just like to listen. But I love yeah, to that's what, what I was just going to say. For me, I let them really take me down the path of mm-hmm. their own discovery. So it's got to be client centric. I call it client centric. Um, and it's where it's about letting them feel comfortable enough to actually open up that line of communication. So I really open end 
question them with, you know, stuff that I guess has them starting to self-reflect. So it'll be about the things like, yep, okay, the standard things like sleep, what are the, what's their sleep patterns like, what's their behaviours like, what are their rituals like, you know, do they have any, um, what's work like at the moment, what's stressful at the moment, what, how would you qualify your stress, you know. Um, and then I allow them basically just to get into the conversations that start to unravel around down the rabbit hole really as to what's, you know, going on for them. But it, it really varies, you know. Some people you can pick up on straight away and you can tell what scope it's going to sit into and you can direct that conversation. Totally. But then others it's it's a little, you know, it's a little pie in the sky. It could be one of many do you, things. Do you so. think men and women are different? Oh, definitely. But yet not, not if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. 100%. Um, definitely different in the way they'll convey it or hold on to it. Um, than females and females can be totally different too. Like I've got females that sit in more masculine zones that will treat it more like, you know, masculine state would and probably reserve it more and then I've got those that are just emotionally out with Mm -hmm. it, you know, and they just verbal diarrhea with it. So it really varies. But men definitely suppress it more, I find. Um, And men have probably... The hard outer shell. I was going to say men probably have the physical symptoms that show up. Or the females that sit with more masculine energy have the physical symptoms that show up. So it it will exacerbate and it will come out in other ways and it will usually I always be. just ask them like, hey, do you want some help with that? Like, yeah. And once you have their permission, usually it's like, oh, now they'll open up, right? Because guys yeah. are very, very hard to, to crack often because like, they, they have be. to have the, well, especially in the fitness industry, you have yeah. to have this persona of like I'm a big tough guy. So the question is always like, would you like some help? Would you like, yeah. you know, would you like me to, to listen to you yeah. and talk about it? And if they say yes, then you've got an open, uh, yeah. you know, an open path to yeah. at least guiding. Yeah. Um, so one thing I've started doing with some clients inter- lately, which I do with myself, is I schedule. Um, you know, it sounds kind of obscure, but I schedule joy, happiness, and fulfillment times. Yeah. So so many of us in the society are attached to like. I got to crush it. I got to work hard. I have to go, go, go. I have to be a type A personality. But and that's when you end up digging a big hole for yourself or digging even a trench. There's no downtime. Yeah. So with scheduling, like, hey, I know I'm going to work hard for four hours. Then I'm going to schedule joy, happiness, and fulfillment, whatever that looks like for you. So beginning client, I'll say, hey, I want you to make a list of all the things that bring you joy, happiness, and fulfillment. And then pick out the ones that are hopefully not uh, – destructive like yeah. not food not drugs not set like maybe sex the numbing great, agents yeah totally yeah not set not promiscuous sex <laughs> uh, but like all those things that actually bring you joy and then how do we implement them intentionally so that like you know you have them at regular intervals and not just like shit it's been like three to three weeks and i haven't, and I haven't, I haven't done anything fulfilled fun. myself yeah yeah because yeah, those are the people that end up cheating on their diet like oh, i have to go and eat 30 donuts because like i've been depriving myself for so long because Donuts is just a mechanism, I think, it's of bringing joy. It's a numbing agent, that's right. It's well, a pleasure, yeah. pleasure signal, totally. that's your, your right. Your brain's looking for serotonin or dopamine. And, and if you're not you, getting it somewhere else, then yeah. you're going to reach for that, yeah. for sure. So I think that's an interesting approach with women. It's like, I don't know if you use anything like that, but implementing strategically, like, hey, every couple of days I want you to go out and go for a walk in the park or go spend some time with your kids yeah. or like whatever brings you joy. Yeah, we do. You have to plan it. We do talk about that. We do talk about that a lot and about having ac- like actual rest days where it's rest of, you know, body, mind and soul. Mm-hmm. So where you're actually completely letting go, where it's not focused on anything that's going to be detrimental to, you know, a space of relaxation. So even oh. if it's just like I call for some women it's date nights, having a date night with a partner. Oh. For other women it's taking the kids to the park. For other women it's literally just not getting on the computer and working, you mm-hmm. know, for the corporate workaholics. It, it really varies per person but we definitely talk about having those, um, you know, I call it plug out of the matrix yeah like take the blue pill i call it parasympathetic i'm like so and you know we talked about that like you're gonna do yoga you're gonna go for a walk you're gonna go outside there's no work there's no cell phone there's no social media like you're off that day definitely what does that feel like for most people right i think that's recharging the batteries filling the bucket you know for a lot of people it's really uncomfortable at first because they've never done it and they're like what do you mean no social like they have no idea and they they actually almost hyperventilate. Some of them get anxiety at the concept of having a day completely off. Where they're like, well, hang on a minute. What do you mean I don't go to the gym? Or what do you mean I don't walk? Or what do you mean there's no step count? <laughs> Just calm down and sit on the couch or do whatever it is that, you know, is actually going to downregulate or turn the volume down right. on what you're doing at the moment. Because we don't have to have the volume turned up full ball every single day of the week. We want to moderate the level of the volume on different days in sure. order to be able to make sure that you come out of this 
with everything intact. Right. Or if you're going to push the volume yeah. up, you better be able to turn it way down. Yeah. yeah. Sturdy, you know, um, campsite at campsite four and live I, there, I which is still not too in, healthy. In my mind, I just heard like thousands of men out there going, fuck that. I can live it. <laughs> I can of do course, it. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get all the ones that are historically dying at the yeah, summit. <laughs> exactly, right? And, and, you know, for me, I think the whole concept of getting to stage too is about that ability to live at campsite four, burst to the summit, peak at the top, then get back down before you kill yourself. Celebrate that shit when <laughs> exactly you're Exactly right. Yeah, that's a big thing that's, that's missing that's too, right? It's like acknowledge yourself yeah. for your victories, for your rewards. Mm. And I've had times in my life where I, w- I was just – you know, ascending the proverbial mountain. Mm. I, and I did take time to go, hell yeah, like I, yeah, I crushed it today. To. And there was times where I didn't. And I think knowing, looking back on it, when I didn't, I, things maybe stopped going as well. I think you really need to acknowledge because then it allows you to push further. That's right. That's right. And it's also, I think, and we were talking about this in the session today, um, acknowledging to the areas for growth. So acknowledging when something's not at its best and could be further developed and then focusing on that in a positive way because I find that that then also gives you this humility of accepting where you're at and knowing that you've still got progress to make and then you you learn to celebrate the wins but they're in a different way. They're, they're the wins of development that come internal and external um, and it's just in it's not always about the podium finish. It's not always about the, you know, the, the lights and the medals and the prize money or whatever the hell else it is you're chasing. It becomes about the internal peace, the internal happiness the internal level of celebration for something that you've just overcome that you didn't even think you could do because you pushed your own limits or boundaries. For me, that has been imperative so talk to in me my about journey. That, because how do you start to convince someone in this fitness industry who's after this completely external validation that this ego-driven mm-hmm. vanity of it? How do you start to? Because I, again, I talk about this, but I'd love to discuss with you. Like, how do you change that focus from being, "Hey, you need to go win that contest," to, "Hey." doesn't matter what happens at that contest. Yeah. It's a seven dollar trophy. Already, we've already won in a sense. And we've had this conversation, oh my God, I have it almost every season with at least three or four girls that I know can win the show, but where it's about getting them to tap into the fact they've already won on so many other levels. Right. Um, you know, I've got an athlete at the moment who's a prime example of this and she's coming into her first ever stage and she has really significant PSOS to the point where, um, you know, as you know, getting lean for a woman with PSOS is incredibly difficult. And she, yeah, yeah, exactly. And her starting point was, you know, at no point anywhere even near competition starting point, right? right? So we've been working together for well over a year and it was the battle wasn't with the physique, even though that's a battle. The battle's in the in the inner game with her and it's all been mental. And so, you know, our whole conversations have constantly been about the fact that this is the best she's ever looked. This is the best she's ever felt. And this is something she thought she'd never be able to do. So stop beating yourself up about all the things right. you think you're not 100% so for on the yet that and don't celebrate know, it. Uh, PCOS is associated with increased androgen levels. It's also mm. increasing, associated with increased weight gain due to insulin yep. resistance. Yep. So dealing with that, I've dealt with some clients with that. It's a huge obstacle. It like, is, it is. And it's a real mental, um, you know, deal for them too because they're looking at their peers or their, you know, in, in her situation, her teammates even, and kind of going, well, why am I not at that point or why, is, why does mine look different or even to the point where, okay, we're doing check-ins and, and you'll appreciate this, because of where they sit um, with their profile, they'll gain in places in certain stages of prep where other people are losing. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. It'll be actually that they're actually gaining lean mass. But for her, that was a mental thing too. So it's constant conversations to overcome the mental barriers as to the fact that, you know, she feels it's that comparison, you know, evil that comes out in this journey that we're on to stage for a lot of us um, where they're comparing themselves to their peers. And so she was doing that. And so it was constantly about that whole process of bringing her back into understanding and celebrating this progress, this idea of progress, not perfection. And that this is the cool part is knowing that this is her new starting point, like post this stage, you know, it's a whole nother ball game because if that's the new starting point and you know how far you've come to put it, you know, in blanket terms, she's lost like 15 kilos. So it's huge. So it's a big deal. What, what she's going to look like on stage is phenomenal. Is she going to be able to win her first show? No, but we've already had that conversation too. Um, She's going to definitely make people notice her and then she's going to command attention and she's come, you know, beyond her own expectations and beyond mine even, you know, she's superseded yeah. them. So it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's. I think, very important and it's very hard and it's constant conversations as a coach. You're constantly trying to bring them back into that point of celebrating the wins all the way through and that it's, that it's a, it's, 
a marathon, not a sprint, and it's the journey, not the destination that you want to focus sure. on. Everybody wants to win today. Oh, my God, I know. There's something to talk about there, though. Like you're talking about this idea of, you know, how do you overcome PCOS and ultimately – I think step one is a psychological acceptance of what it is, decreasing, therefore, the perceived stress, decreasing then the cortisol, decreasing the inflammation that's going to be a result of your brain state, and then allowing your body to actually um, do what it's meant to do. And and I think there's massive lessons to be learned, and I'm actually still learning this lesson now, and like the, the terminology you use and the acceptance of the life around you and not necessarily yeah. like I have to change, but yeah. like, hey, this is what it is. Now how do I continue to grow from here? It's not like you know yeah. trying to put these things behind you or, or disregard that they're no, there. Exactly. And it's just that my journey is going to look different to someone else's and accepting that, you know, and no two journeys look the same anyway. I mean, even from stage to stage for the same person, it doesn't look the same. So, you know, you you definitely can't fall into that comparison trap. And I think that, you know, each individual physique has individual variables that make them so unique. So, yeah, you can't, you just can't do that. And you've got to fall in love with the process of understanding more about yourself too. So I think there's power that comes with that. And I think her journey, she's at a point now where it's she's a totally different person mm-hmm. and her journey now is much more about self-acceptance and self-love and self-growth and the the power of her own knowledge now around right. what works for her and what doesn't. And just visually in my mind, it's like she has a bigger mountain to climb, but when she oh, yeah. gets to the top, she also oh. has a better vista, right? We she talked about that. Yeah, like the, the valley might might have its, you know, peaks, That's might right. have its troughs, but the peak is going to be bright and it's going to oh. be worth it. And so, you know, she, she definitely feels that now. But that that's another prime example of someone that I think, yeah, you've, it's those little situations like that where you've got to go, don't forget how far you've come just because you feel like you're not there yet and don't feel like any part of the journey is not worth the work you've put in already because it is. It's just it's one step. It's one chapter basically. There's more chapters to come. Yeah. So, you know, look, and I talk about it all the time with my team because it took me from when I first went pro to when I won my first pro show, which was post my injury, that was two and a half, three years, three years, and then post an injury. So it doesn't happen overnight, you know. Yeah, I always say, you know, our greatest obstacle is our greatest opportunity for growth. Right. And most people look at obstacles like, oh, no, I can't do it. or And you don't have to look at the time. I was actually talking to my son about this yesterday. We, we, and actually this morning we are doing homeschooling and um, in one of his books there was this massive staircase in the picture. So you could barely see the top of the staircase. And, he, you know, the lesson in the staircase is like, well, don't look at the top, right? One step at a time. Because you can't get to the top of that staircase. Mm. The only thing you can do is get to the next step. And... You know, that's hopefully teaching my son that at seven years old would be a massive lesson. But, you know, if you can just take one step, we can all take one step, right? Absolutely. One day day after another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I interrupt this podcast to bring you a special message from Juve. So you guys know I've been using an infrared light device for probably a couple of years now with incredible success. And, and I've had Dr. Anthony J on the podcast. I've also had the owners and creators of Juve on the podcast to talk a lot about this. This is one of the biohacking modalities that I'm most interested in that has the most validated scientific data behind it. So Dr. Anthony J is literally doing independent data at the Mayo Clinic on an ongoing basis to see what are the implications, positive and negative, of infrared light exposure. And what Dr. J finds is that 10 minutes of light exposure a day, really close to your skin, um, front and back. If you can't get outside in the sunshine, which I know a lot of us can't because of time, uh, because of where we are in the world, uh, then a juve light is an incredible way to impact your biology in a positive way. So some of the things that you're going to experience when you use a juve light or you just get outside for 15 to 30 minutes of uh, sunlight on your skin in the morning, uh, you know, ideally, obviously, naked body or very close to it, um, increased collagen synthesis. So helping our our joints, helping our our tendons and our ligaments. Uh, That's a huge implication. So one of the things that Dr. Gerald Pollack talked about when he was on the podcast was this idea of infrared potentially increasing structured water. And structured water, as we know, is uh, is necessary in the maintenance of health over long term. Uh, You're also going to notice increased energy production, increased nitric oxide. So if you want to improve your pump pre-workout, I like to use my Juve for about 10 minutes before I train. And I'll do it really, really close to my body. So chest right against it, face basically right against it, maybe a centimeter away. And then I'll spin around and do, um, you know, 10 minutes or so on the backside as well. So shining it on my bald head and my back. 
And I've actually noticed a tremendous boost in just the way I feel pre-workout. The aches and pains are gone. My, my pumps are increased. And another side benefit is going to improve your hormone ratio. So some significant research on increasing testosterone. So super cool. You guys can head over to Juve, use the code BPAC, and support the podcast and support Juve just because you want to feel great, feel awesome, and biohack your way through feeling good all the time. Enjoy the rest of the podcast with Alicia Gowans. So that leads us perfectly into the, the thing I want to talk about with you with your injury, right? So yeah. realizing that it seems as though from the outside, knowing you the short time that I have, um, that this injury has actually, you've, you've managed to turn something that probably was debilitating to you mm. and would have been to anybody else, probably destroyed a career or at least mm. stopped the career. Yep. And now you've turned it into something that you're like, no, I'm so much better. Like I'm surrounding myself with great people. I'm, I'm sharpening 100%. my sword. Uh, and I, I've learned to, I think most importantly here, pay attention to what's going on inside my mind. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So tell us and, about your injury. Well, okay. Um, it was about six weeks after the 2015 pro show. So it was the World Championships in Vegas and we got home and <laughs> Christos always gives me so much grief about this and his running line is, I should have played basketball that day. That was what he said to me when it all went down and they're carrying me through this gymnasium <laughs> and I couldn't walk and, oh, my God, I'm screaming. And he just looks at me and the first thing he says, because he's always cracking jokes, you know what yeah. he's like. So trying to <laughs> trying to break the trying to break the pain for me, he's like, I told you you should have played ball. And I'm like, oh, my God, not now. <laughs> like of all the times where you're going to crack jokes, now's not the time. And so, yes, that day I was faced with two choices. I could have played ball with the boys because um, Nick and everyone was home. So it was like this big, this big, you know, sausage fest on a ball court. And I was like, no, thanks. I'm just going to go do my squats. So I went into the, it's, it's this big gymnasium where they had their, their basketball courts. And then there was this really um, elite level gym that's part of it. It's for, um, yeah, advanced youth. So I, I went in and trained in there and uh, it felt good. Like this is the thing, these things come up and I say this to my team all the time. Nothing happens without rhyme or reason and the universe gives us sometimes exactly what we need at that point in time and I'm a big believer of this. And anyone that's heard me talk either on the Competitive Edge podcast or, or in any context, being to any of my workshops or seminars, they'll hear me talk about my injury as a blessing, not as a curse. And it 100% was. Like I don't regret a thing about it. Even when I like yesterday was talking to you about sometimes you get those moments of frustration then nothing compared to what would have been my life if I hadn't had the injury because the injury has perpetually changed the course of my entire career and, the and my life. question I turn it into is what do I need to learn from this, right? Yeah, When exactly. I feel like I'm stressed or struggling, what do I need to learn? Yeah, correct. So that day in the gymnasium, <laughs> I had warmed up. I felt great. I'd done all my primers. Like nothing felt out of the ordinary for me. And, um, you know, like I was, I, I was at a point where I was coming out of the show, so I was increasing my strength and I had a warm-up set on. It was only 60 kilos nothing you know like I was doing 120 at the time so that was nothing for me I'd literally gotten into my third rep in my warm-up set and at the bottom range my adductor pulled tight in my right leg my hip rotated forward my piriformis locked on in the back of my left and my hip rotated back and then you could just hear the crack across across the gym and that was it barbell on the ground I'm on the ground I couldn't move it took me a couple of seconds I was in and then the pain hit me and I was just I had a girlfriend that was um, spotting me and she's just dropped everything and gone, are you okay? And I'm laying on the floor, no, I'm actually really not. Like she goes, I heard that and I went, yep. And then I just started crying. I couldn't walk, I couldn't move. I was in a brace. I was in traction in a brace. Like they said I'd probably need surgery that I would never lift again and, you know, it took me 12 months to sort of come back out of it. And it all went down at a time where we were actually just opening our gym six weeks out from opening the gym. So I'm walking around the gym in a brace, <laughs> like every hour on the hour on the ground doing my stretches and my release work. And and it was, yeah, it was excruciating. But it, the good part about it was that I had so many people that were around me and that were witnessing it that 
I didn't for one second feel like I couldn't um, I couldn't hide it and I didn't run from it. I sat in it instead of, you know, choosing to run from it. I chose to try to find the lessons in every single second of it. I, I would have ran from it. I struggled You're a better person than me. Tell me what the pop bit. was so the listeners know. So pars, fractures, L4, L5, bilateral bulging disc um, from L4 down to S1. And you had no previous back I had a conditions? slight hair fracture in yeah. one of in my L5 because I had hyperflexibility. I was a, pre, a prima donna ballerina. I told you this before. Mm. I went into bodybuilding. I was in um, – I was – in ballet. So I did ballet. And um, anyway, I actually had an issue with my back that took me out of dance, so no longer dancing. And that's what got me into bodybuilding and got me into rehabilitation, falling in love with, um, you know, making my body strong and working on dysfunction, funnily enough. So this is going back sort of, you know, 12, yeah. 15 years ago. And so I fell in love with that process and, and built this strong physique and obviously kept building on it. But then as we talked about on the floor, you get to that point where you ignore the little things that come up day to day, right? No. And and you go, oh, that feels a bit sore. Oh, I'm just going to train around that. I'm good. You know, we got this. Or you go, that's a little sore. Nah, it's fine. Just keep pushing through it. Man up. Yeah, right? And Woman that's up. that's what I did. <laughs> and so I got into the situation where I overtrained my lower half. That's why the adductor went because I actually had a tendon tear in my elbow that was the size of a 20-cent coin that took my upper body out for the – six to nine months prior. So overtraining the lower half and that's how the back ended up, you know, obviously. So structural structural dysfunction. And just not being aware of it, you know what I mean? Like I was so out of tune with my body right. and I know this now. Like that was the universe giving me a slap up the side of the face and going, get the hell back inside your shit and sort it out because you are using training to disconnect from your yes, body rather correct. than connect. 100%. And I was Ooh, using... Lesson, big lesson listeners. I was big, also big using lesson. the training as you know, an ability to run, I think, from stuff that was going on in life that I wasn't, you know, I just wasn't bold enough to kind of probably grab by the balls and change. Sure. And so, you know, yeah, absolutely. And it was one of those situations where, you know, you felt like you had control over that, whereas, you know, other things you might not have necessarily been so um, consciously in control of. So so for me, that, that those were all the things that I now can in hindsight look right. back on and go, wow, okay, that was the it's, domino it's really effect that went boom. funny because now that I look at it from the outside, like most people think when they exercise are doing something good for themselves, right? Yeah. And, 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 and some levels you it are. Is, but, but at the same at time. At the same time, you know, most <laughs> yeah, of the time correct. it's like, hey, man. I, Mechanical. I, it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's how I'm disconnecting yeah. from these pains correct. and these emotions correct. that I just don't want to deal with right now. Yeah. Rather than like sitting with them and, and yeah. embracing them and, and finding out what the hell it is, realizing like, hey, mm -hmm. you're supposed to fix that, dum dum. Yeah, exactly. It, you're, you're masking it. You're not, I'm speaking. The path of least I'm, resistance, and I yeah. posted about this just yesterday. Um, you know, the path of least resistance, which is basically living, you know, life of flow, which which is flowing with the resistance or the pull of life, not going against it, meeting it with more resistance, which is what we all, you know, essentially do. We all don't want to change the things that are hard to change and we also don't want to challenge the things that are, you know, um, difficult. So so we all tend to do this and that's what it taught me, you know, realistically. That's what my back injury taught me was the whole process of having to learn how to flow with the resistance of life but also how to deal with it as we go through it because we all have it. We'll have challenges, we'll have resistance, we'll have things that go on that, you know, aren't comfortable and it's, it's sitting inside the discomfort that, you know, makes it, you know, the the whole the whole thing happened sitting inside the discomfort <laughs> which i mean what do you what do you do you're sitting yeah. there with a brace on your back you can't lift you can't move you're being told and the worst part was how long were you in it six months yeah another three months intermittently so then as i would have you know obviously issues it would be like that I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't even shower. Like Christmas was putting my shoes and socks on. I'm not even not even kidding you. I shit you not. We had this conversation when I first met you. I had literally nine days prior had my last cortisone injection into my back and I hobbled downstairs to greet you at the at the hotel lobby, trying my best to make it look like I could walk straight. <laughs> so I got to tell you, I don't know how long it's been, but you look like a different human oh, being. hundred percent I am. You really do. Thank like, you and Jordan yeah. for having a massive no, 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 part no, no, to play no. in that. But you're right, no, but I do. Giving you credit, like I want you to be acknowledged for that. Thank right? you. Like, that takes a lot and you've come so far and, and you. your daily diligence is yeah. admirable and commendable. It's incredible. Um, not And not only your movement, but your energy and your, your mm. vibrance is different. So take, take acknowledgement Thank for that you. and acknowledge yourself. 
Yeah. Because you're making huge progress. And like, Thank you. That means yeah. a lot. And, and, and it does because, and we had this conversation, like, I always felt like I'd been doing pretty good. You know what I mean? Like I had gone for the listeners, um, post that back injury, I had gone to the point where when I rehabilitated back to my first stage, so my, my comeback show, which was the Atlantic City Pro-Am in December 2016, which I won, um, I only lifted for the last six weeks of that prep. And it was with blood flow restriction training because I could not load properly and I was prone positioned only, no bent over movements. You saw what my yeah, thoracic yeah, yeah. was like. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, and um, and I rehabilitated through that process with the blood flow restriction through to that stage to my first win, then rehabilitated again around no deads, no squats to the LA win, then again through to the, the, the UK um, 2017 world title. And then again last year to, you know, retain and reign with my current um, second world title. So this year's pursuit is to retain my third yeah, title were, uh, with better movement. Stuff. Um, what were you doing to train? Oh, my Lord. Okay. So realistically, listening Magic to my body, <laughs> listening to my body way more than I ever did. So much more intuitive, you know, this is, and this is why I say to you, I don't regret my injury at all. It made me a better athlete, a better partner, a better coach, a a better woman, like in total, because it taught me how to sit inside of the discomfort. It taught me how to mm. challenge patience and tolerance and self-acceptance I learned compassion and empathy with myself and therefore then with others to a level that I can't even describe it's profound a tutor, a tutorial it's profound yeah you know? have compassion for yourself is something yeah. that I'm aware of yeah but I haven't yet figured that one out you know I, I will say it's a consistent work and process like it's eternal and um and I'm constantly practicing it daily and there'll be things where I catch myself being a bit harsh or a bit critical I'm like hang on a minute Look what you've done. You're okay. We got this. Let's keep moving. Be, be a bit kinder to yourself, you know? Right. But probably like yourself, I also don't feel like I've done anything. I'm like, I know I've got so much I have to do. Yeah, or so yeah. much I, not a wrong choice of words, so much I want to do. Yeah. Like, and even as a bodybuilder, the tip of the iceberg. So yeah. it's like the, the thing that sunk the Titanic, right? You've only just seen the tip. There's all this other stuff underneath that's yet to come. I know I totally right. get it. And therefore, so how you kind of go, rest on that? <laughs> I know. And that's why I think I don't. So when you say, yeah kudos to me for what I've done. The reason I think I keep doing it when I always get people inbox me and go, you know, they're inspired by me. I look at it and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm humble and grateful for that. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm this, I, this would be I the minimum I expect. you for is the daily diligence yes. and discipline. Cause that yes. is, is the victory, right? Yes. Correct. Like the end result where you are now, I think it's, you're only seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Correct. But the fact that you're so diligent with doing that stuff every, that most people aren't willing to do to succeed. And I think, I think I am because I know there's so much more to come. It's like you, it's like you just said, it's like you look at it and you go, okay, I've done all these great things, but, the, but it's still nothing, you mm -hmm. know, like where I want to go and things I want to do and, and the voice I want to have, you know, in the industry is, it's so, it's a whisper at the moment compared to where I want it to be. Right. So to get that belly rolling, you know, vocal that I want it to end up to be, there's still a lot of work to do. So the day-to-day -day stuff has to be done. So when I first met you, you said something that surprised me and made me like you right <laughs> away. And I told you this a few <laughs> minutes ago, like. I'm so likable though, come on man, <laughs> Well, Jesus. you're likable, but you know, every, many people yeah, are likable. I know but what I, you mean. I was so aware of your level of um, awareness that I was like, wow, that's impressive. Just when I, when I met you, you talked about how this injury was in many ways um, caused by your emotional trauma <laughs> or your emotional mm -hmm. baggage that you were carrying around. Talk to me about that because that was a huge yeah. awareness for you and when you said that to me. It really was for me too, you know, like the, you know, I'd, I'd spent two years working around it structurally so I thought, um, you and Jordan have expanded that yet again, but I was working around it structurally. Right. And, um, and I kept thinking, you know, God, why does I'm doing everything right? Why does this keep coming back? Why does this keep coming back? And it was when I was on a plane flight. So we're about to go to the LA pro-am after I leave you. And it was this time last year, almost exactly that we're on a plane flight home. I had bronchitis and I coughed and popped my fifth bilateral bulging disc straight into my nerve root an inch in and I couldn't walk properly. 17 weeks from stage and I was literally taking legs out from under me, right? And it was in that point in time where I'm like, why? You know, I got frustrated with the universe. I'm like, I'm learning stuff. Like what else do I have to learn? Come on. <laughs> something Haven't I paid enough already? And then I thought, no, okay, all right, I'm missing something. So 
I'm sitting in the airport to come home from LA at like red eye, like 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> semi in tears because I'm in that much freaking pain. And um, anyway, I'm Google searching as you do because do- Dr. Google eventually becomes the go-to for everyone, <laughs> even me. And I came across this app called Curable and I went, why the fuck not? I've tried everything else. I'm going to give this a go. So I downloaded it. And I was mind blown in the first 20 minutes of listening to it. I'm like, oh, penny dropped. Shit, there's stuff here. There's stuff here Mm -hmm. and it's in here. And well, how have I missed this? I'm so smart on so many levels and yet I've been so dumb on this one. And it went to the science of pain and how chronic pain is felt in the body psychosomatically and Structurally, there might not be anything currently There's wrong with me. There. That's the current research. There's literally yes, nothing there. The disc itself does not cause pain. This is so. This was the most profound moment for me on that plane flight as I'm listening to this app the whole 20, you know, 17 hours home. I'm like, oh my god, how did I miss this? It seems so profoundly simple yet common sense, and I've missed it for two and a half years. I'm stupid, but. The more you know, the dumber you feel, right? You don't know what you don't know, right? So you're exactly right. So then I started going, okay, all right, oh, my God, I'm going to have to sit in this vulnerability thing. (laughs) Jesus. So that's what I started to do. I started to work on um, what is it? I started to break and rewire and work through the patterns of movement where the anchors were sitting to old patterns of movement so that if I just did something, so I told you when I first met you I couldn't cough or sneeze without Mm -hmm. blowing a disc. Like it would happen every single time. The first thing I started to do was change my language. So I no longer used words like broken or blown Mm. or pain. I took pain out of it. So anyone following me or listening to my stories has heard me refer to banana. So instead of having chronic pain every day, I would talk about peeling my banana every day and I'd make it fun. And then we'd start having these, you know, fun joking based conversations that took me out of the chronic heightened state with the volume up and what I call the constant fire alarm. So for anyone that's never had chronic pain or... Um, doesn't know anyone that's had chronic pain, it's really hard for you to understand how detrimental it can be to a person. But for three straight years, every day I woke up, I was living inside of a house where a fire alarm was never turned off. So that's how I would describe it. It's like totally. the fire and alarm went off. That's actually what's happening in your nervous system, yep. right? That day in the gym yeah. when that barbell went off my back, a fire alarm went off right. and it Imagine never how irrita- turned off. you are. Your brain is just constantly My nervous running. system yeah. was like screaming at me every single day and that's what a lot of the problem was was it was these little movements it was these little motions and these little things that so from a point of view of movement or exacerbation or you know from a structural point of view that were the things that kept setting me off but then I had to go deeper than that so it started off with word association I changed that then I started off with um changing so fun games that would take the uh, the mind off the banana so I did that then it came into the things that put me into parasympathetic input so I started doing those the little activities little rituals that I was doing every single day I increased my meditation I increased my um you know my my positive self-talk I looked at things that took me out of the building when the alarm was at its highest point. So I did colortation and colored in with crayons. Like I did everything Mm. you can imagine. So took the brain out of and started to self-soothe. So I taught myself how to self-soothe. And then after that, I started looking at the deeper stuff. So that's when I started journaling. That's when I started looking at, okay, what's really going on? What's attached to this at this level that's being set off? by a movement like a sneeze, which should not be making me feel like this, like I can't walk. Um, and, and it was then starting to just deal with some unresolved stuff, you know, and it was, it, funnily enough, and I've talked to you about this and, and, and talked about this on my own podcast, I had done a lot of this stuff and I'd worked with a Tibetan Buddhist monk for three years. So I did a whole bunch of self-development and self-awareness and, and transcendence-based work on an internal compass point of view many years ago, but it was more recent stuff that I just finally, you know, moved forward from that I hadn't dealt with that I then had to go through the process of dealing with. And that's what the back was about. The back is attached to the past. Huh, funny irony, right? Mm -hmm. And then the leg was attached to moving forward. So what is it about moving forward that was worrying me so much that it was pulling me up every day. And it was because I hadn't closed the door on the past. So I had to get really deep and dirty on some of those things, you know, and I've got no issue with talking about it. I had no issue with talking to you about it because that's actually part of the process Mm -hmm. is actually getting 
quite vulnerable enough well, to... Well, you can't have a, a negative emotional attachment no, with it can't. and, and you let can't. it go. You and I, just, and I, it is what it is. I don't because as I said to you, like it, oh my God, it makes you a better person. Like you just move to this point, point where, you know, the little things in life don't matter. You know, you don't sweat the small stuff. I definitely don't anymore. And I definitely don't, I don't hold on to other people's opinions of me. I really could give two rats ass what anyone thinks of me. You know, they're either, they're either like me or they don't. And you don't have to be everyone's cup of tea because some people are coffee drinkers like me. And that's fine too. So I think when I moved beyond all of that as well, it just, it's liberating. It's completely empowering and it, it completely shifts you, you know, like I've always been a positive an annoying optimist, ridiculously annoying optimist. So positivity was never an issue. Even in the peak of my banana, most people would never have even known that I was in that chronic state. Like most people didn't until I started to really talk about it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of my healing was the fact that I needed to talk about it more. So sharing my journey and sharing that was part of that process, you know, and, and just really being quite open, um, which I had never done before because a little, and we've talked about this before where you talk about you, you almost armor yourself to a degree because you there's fear of not being humble in a situation as well. So you also don't want to put yourself out there too much, but then there's also, you know, that whole, okay, you put yourself out there and then someone's going to just tear it down as well. And I think that's really, that's what most people face. And they layer up like an onion with all these layers of armour and then just don't know how to disengage it, right? And I think the process of my injury was it just took all my layers away, you know, and what you see is what you get with me 100%. And it makes you come from a place of empathy and compassion in the conversations you have. It makes you able to deal with the resistance and the pull in everyday life. And it makes you, um, the biggest lesson for me is I'm responsive, not reactive always. I can take myself out of a situation if I feel like I'm not going to be responsive before I react, which that wasn't the old me. Of course. <laughs> at all. And that may be the greatest superpower, right? Yeah, and I keep correct. telling everybody to, you got to meditate, even if it's mm. 10 minutes, because that's just giving you this opportunity, even with the itch, right? The itch yeah. that happens on your arm or when your face, when you're meditating, like, are you going to react to it? it? Or are you just going to be like, oh, I realize it's just a manifestation of the yeah. nervous system. And I love that you went down the psychosomatic route because, you know, most people live in their head and they're, they're yeah. constantly thinking and thinking things. People in the fitness industry often get attached to the physical world. The they body. get attached to their body. And there's this, this beautiful synergy, this integration that exists between the two. And you need to learn how to kind of um, just be aware and realize exactly. that your emotions are playing a massive role in all of these physical manifestations from your your uh, posture to your muscle tone to your internal stress and your sleep and all these things that are physical manifestations of an emotional reality. Um, so true. Yeah. So true. And I think, I think too, your ability to deal with more pressure is greater when you actually have that internal um, control because you just, you come from this place of sure. your, your cup is, is more, um, you notice when the cup is half full and you allow stuff to fill it and then you notice when the cup is full enough to give to others. And I think that that's, that's the sweet spot because before I would just be draining from a cup that was in the negative all the time and just wondering whether, you know, the resources were coming from all the time. Whereas now I feel like, I don't know, it's like an abundance of, of energy as a result of it. It's just free flowing. It's like I said to you today on the floor, it's effortless. Life becomes effortless once you remove the log jams that we talked about. You know, so for yeah. me, there was just a couple of little emotional things. It wasn't any, it, it wasn't a major overhaul like I'd done years ago with a monk. It was a log jam that had come along and stopped me from moving forward like my calf was. <laughs> it just didn't want me to take that next step until I dealt with the crap that I had to deal with from before. And you know, look, I think um, a lot of things have happened in the last six months that have further enhanced my ability to move forward. Um, and it's it's all really positive stuff. And once you can start closing chapters on the stuff that you feel has or is holding you back and you forgive yourself for the things you felt guilty for that you should have done better or that, you know, you had a part to play in something that you feel, you know, um, accountable for. Once you forgive yourself, then... Everything happens the way that it should. How, you know? how did you create the practice of responding rather than reacting? 
You know what? I think it's it's it just become I became more aware. I became more aware of myself, and I became more aware of the of my energy and the impact my energy has on others. And in certain situations, the 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 impact that that has on us on an, on an outcome too. So if I felt for any second that you know my energy was low, I just removed myself because I didn't want to bring anyone else down because everyone seems to really vibrate off my stuff. So, and I've noticed that heavily inside my team. The, the team really resonate and vibe off me. So I present my best version of myself always by just making sure that I'm constantly in check with myself. So I'm constantly mm-hmm. topping the tank back up. I'm constantly meditating and bringing myself back in line. I'm constantly, you know, checking back in with my values and checking back in with what I'm doing is on my compass path and making sure that, you know, conversations I'm having are in good conscience, client-centric and there's no, you know, um, hidden agenda on my end, you cool. know. The, 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 all those little things that I do... Um, that I think, you know, 100% has the outcomes that, that we need. But they're the little things that I would start to do to make those changes, right. you know. So my team here says that I have FBI interrogation skills. So like I have, like you, I think you have this ability to <laughs> read people. It's an innate energy reading. Yeah, 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 you have this ability to read people. And, and like I'll give you an amazing compliment that I don't often give is you're so consistent. So like it shows to me how, how true you are, right? Yeah. A lot of people fluctuate and like they go in and out and I'm always like, I'm not going to judge you. I don't care how you are because it doesn't <laughs> affect me. But you're so consistent, truthfully, like, yeah. um, you know, using my, my interrogation skills that are just, are just always there. FBI Ben. <laughs> yeah, it's just always there. You're like, oh, I see what you're doing there. But you're like, it, not, I just not saying that because you're here. Just, yeah. It's so consistent I just in all these different scenarios. In being anything but yourself yeah, but, all the time, yeah, you know? It's not a point. It's an unconscious thing, right? Yeah, like you're, true. You're being conscious of it is true. one thing, but you can't be conscious no, of it in all true. the different scenarios we've been in. So. And that's very true, yeah, because you have. You see me forcing kids to eat Vegemite for $20 bets and... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jack. Bribing my children. Sorry, Jack. Um, bribing your kids with lots of love and affection, <laughs> taking them to yogaology. Yeah. <laughs> but you're um, right. I think, um, yeah. I. But if, I see now why you have such a successful team and, and such a massive um, f- massive team of followers. Yeah. You know, like people see that and I yeah. see that, right? And yeah. that's why you will always be successful in this because mm. people aspire to that and, and unconsciously or consciously, right? People are like, oh, I want this this abundant energy, I want this consistency, I want this this constant positive outlook on life, this constant radiance. That's what people strive to, and that's why you're doing such a great job leading all these women to, you know, their physical journey, or through their physical journeys yeah. to transcend the mental and the physical Which is aspects. largely usually what we talk about, the inner game before the outer game. So, be, yeah. you know, a lot of the work that I do with um, the team is working out the inner game strategy first. So we do a lot of identification as to, okay, where are the, where are the log jams? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are holding you back? You know, where are... Can you talk to me about what some of those are? Oh, look, it varies. Um, we so I said homework every single week, which I, I talked to you about. Where to all everyone on the team? Yeah, everyone on the team. Yeah. yeah, they all get given a homework assignment, and quite often it will come about fluidly through a conversation that I've had with one. Now I tell you now, sure. if one's dealing with something, they all are. They all are. Yeah. So I use that as my um, temperature temperature gauge. Take the temperature really, and then set the tone for the homework, which is a reflection point. And you can only ever work on one thing at a time. So I believe that that's a really um, you know big key to take home when you're going to be making change, whether it's internal, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical. Work on one thing at a time, nail it, and then move on. So one actionable item per, you know, development phase, if you will. And so each week we we sort of set the tone. Usually they'll feed into and they're Give relative an example to of the most recent homework, which was the log jam. But the one before that was okay. um, superpower. So they had to identify the superpower, and the superpower was going to be the morning, yeah. So the superpower was going to be the thing that you know when they stood on stage was going to make them have won. And winning doesn't necessarily mean winning the title. It means have won. Stepped on stage, confidence, 100% comfortable with their journey, know that they've given 100% of themselves, know they've overcome demons to get there and what that looks like, you know, because that I think for a lot of them it'll be, you know, emotional stuff. So it'll mm-hmm. be the more of the psychosomatic stuff that we talked about. You know, like it'll be I'm, I'm responsive yeah, rather than reactive. Yeah, it'll be I'm so always it, aware it, yeah, of who I am. correct. And so for some of them, you know, it was really great. It was a great exercise because a lot of them were really empowered by it. So the theme of our next team shoot coming up in LA, superhero theme, as a result of this process. Because yeah. everyone got right into it. So they they came up with some great names and they were giving themselves they got really creative. So I'm also really big on linking in the creative brain with logical brain because that's how then you get sure. flow. 
So you've got to – playful states are important. So I'm really big on um, sleep – Playfulness. So you've got to tap into your inner kid and you've got to do it frequently. Otherwise you lose sight of – it gives you perspective in life. You lose sight of what's important, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess the playful zone inside of you is what um, keeps you in check with your emotions and allows you to express yourself in a really healthy way. Um, and I think repression of emotion is what leads us down the garden path of pain and suffering. So a lot of what we did with this exercise was to get playfulness out, uh, get people having fun with it, and then, you know, really tapping into what they want to be, what they what they, what they they aspire to be, what they want their character to be. Because when we step on that stage, we take an alter ego. We're taking our best self, but it's the, it's the version of ourselves we want everyone in the audience to believe we are. Right. So... Don't just create it, become it. Create that before so you that step out there. So that was what we started the it. journey of. Was visualization is a really big thing for me. Yeah. I do it daily. I do it daily on what I'm going to do for the day, how I'm going to see something play out, how I'm going to my healing. I visualize my healing every day. Mm-hmm. In my last, um, Joe Dispenza. Yep. In my last win, I think I told you this. Um, I did not practice my posing until midnight the night before my show because my lumbar rotation wouldn't do it for me. But for 16 weeks, I shit you not, Ben, I visualized my routine every single night and every single morning when I went to bed and when I woke up, it was the first thing I did. I laid in bed and I meditated on my posing routine and it was flawless. Mm-hmm. And I won again with my limitations, rubbing CBD oil cream all into my back and my bloody calf so I could keep going, getting physioed in between my, my morning show and my evening show just so I could stay on stage, having not posed at all until the night before. So visualization is a really big thing and I'm really really um, keen advocate of it because it, it brings, you know, our attention toward the positive of what we want to create and it sets the intention for where we're going and then you marry it up with your actions. So the superpower, um, you know, process and exercise was them starting to identify the things in themselves but then also, you know, identifying their strengths, their innate, you know, strengths that they're not giving attention to because they're so critical and so constantly focused on the negatives and the lesson and the lack of rather than the embodiment of what they're great at and fostering, you know, focus on on developing that and, and stepping into that person and becoming that person and bringing that superhero to life because we should all be our own freaking superhero, you know? Like as far as I'm concerned, we should all have a cape and great tights and some sort of freaking invincible superpower. Or orange and Yeah, like, like I'm wearing. <laughs> like I'm wearing now. Great um, tights. So what's next in your life after you win the world championships in 20 weeks? Oh, look, we've talked about this too, like lots of different things. Are you um, going to keep competing or are you going to focus on growing your I'm your I'm going to keep competing for as long as that makes sense and as long as I'm feeling it in my heart, you know, and I think you can relate to that. It's There comes a time where you know you've been given permission to stand down and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm going to keep going until it's no longer what my heart wants. Um, so we'll see how long that is and I want to keep winning until I decide to give up. Sure. <laughs> I want to go out on a high. Um, but I just... I just want to keep getting better. I just want to keep getting better as a human. I want to keep getting better as an athlete. I want to keep getting better as a coach, as a, as a partner, as, as a mother, as everything, you know, like that's what I want for my life. And I don't ever want to stop doing that. And I don't think that that's something that, that that's an attainable end goal. I think it's an eternal work in progress and you're constantly striving for it. And I think, you know, having the courage to sit in vulnerability is what gets you there. Um, and I, I truly believe that continued learning and continued personal development. And this should be a sport about personal development, not about aesthetics. The aesthetics should come as a byproduct of growing oneself and that should be in a game to the outer game. You're speaking my language, sister. You know that. And then I think that, you know, from there the aesthetic take cares of it, takes care of itself. You know, it really does. And therefore the journey is an eternal work in progress because we're never going to we're never we're always going to evolve like and you just go from one level to the next and you just keep getting better and better and there's more to learn and you know for me personally in my space in my field as a coach there's more to learn and I'm working with um sports nutrition organization Australia I'm doing my master's um pathway through them at the moment and we'll be doing um some competition preparation workshops with them that we're rolling out I think in June I could be wrong on that. And for me, it's about continuing my knowledge in the space. It's about getting more platforms of opportunity for people to continue their knowledge. It's about providing education. It's about providing, um, you know, lateral thinking to a very narrow focused sport, you know, historically. And we've talked about this, you know, it's a very one track. And I think there are so many more peripherals to that. There are so many more layers. It's an onion, right? And human beings are not just 
human beings are not just dumbbells and food. You know, there's so much more to our anatomy. You You know what I mean? Come on. As much as we think as we do in this sport, you know, this is about lifting big things and eating all the foods. It's not really. And I think, yeah, I think the more education we can get on that, which is why I love your work and why, you know, I um, just gravitated towards you. I mean, you were my favourite bodybuilder for a decade anyway. I don't think that means much, but thanks. (laughs) But 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 I I've I've loved your work more since you've gotten you know so much more um, into the profound lateral stuff which I love because it's definitely more about how I think and it's definitely more about you know how I move through life and I think it's more rewarding to see life that way you know more than just the prescriptive here's your plan here's your food plan it's not like that because it doesn't matter because no, you know doesn't. everyone thinks it's going to change who they no, are but it's it doesn't. not it's not. And it's, you know, I, I, I challenge my team all the time when they're, you know, like if I don't win though, if I don't get my pro status, okay, all right. You don't get that little piece of paper. What's that going to do in your life? How's that going to change oh your I'll life? I'll buy you one if you like. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? $7 like, medal. And then say you get it, Ben, right. what are you going to go do with it? You know, like right. is that going to quantifiably change your inner peace and happiness in your life right now tomorrow? If, if, it, if it is, right. then we need a lot more work on your inner game because sure. your inner game is... Well, it's going to make other people think I'm really cool and, you know. <laughs> like there's so much more life than that. And but. and I think when you come from a place of the inner game is strong, you're hard to beat on the outer game. Totally. You are a hard person to beat. And that's yeah. how I feel about it. motivation just flows. Yeah, exactly. It's just easy. And that's why, you know, I've had people ask me, you know, even last year, you know, was I nervous about coming in for the reigning title given the limitations I had? And I'm like, you know what? Like... I felt, and I told you this, disappointed in myself that I wasn't bringing my best physique because I knew I was putting on stage a 60% of what I was capable of physique because of the limitations, but I was damn proud of how far I'd come, that I still worked through it, that I did what no one else would have done. I still got on that stage. I didn't pose until the night before at midnight when everyone else is probably asleep, feet up, you know, no fluid retention for them. I'm up trying to pose with my back and then getting physioed in between my, my you know, catwalk. So funny. So... You know, for me, I was damn proud of that. I was overwhelmed when they announced my name as the winner. But at the same time, I knew in my heart that I'd already won it. So I, I, I just resonated that that was meant to be for me, as I feel it will be this year too. No hesitation in saying that. And it's not because I'm being cocky or arrogant. It's because I know that my inner game is just, I'm so at peace. And my, my inner game is so strong that it's, that's hard to beat. More than the outer game. The outer game is going to be sensational, though, thanks to you and Jordan, just saying. And then my whole team, of my whole team, you know, Pay and Paolo and the guys in Australia that are with me on the ground that see me and Lee, man, I couldn't do what I'm doing now without them. And they've worked through the psychosomatic pain side with me. And then Jordan with the prescript, you know, you've seen his work with my physique, just stability-wise, and what you and I have been going through, just reconnecting my brain to my pattern of movement, which sounds like such a simple thing. And actually one of my clients said this to me today. She was like, I love watching that you at your advanced level, which everyone else looks at and idolizes, still learning something. I'm like, well, hell yeah, of course. Fuck, if I'm not, you shouldn't be being coached by me because that's a shit coach, like Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned. But for me, that was really nice hearing that because it is, you know, and you mentioned this too, it is quite, you're putting yourself out there quite vulnerably to say, I've got dysfunction. I've got patterns of movement that aren't working right and I need to work on it. And as a, you know, as a coach and I guess as someone that's high profile, you, you know, it's quite a vulnerable space to put yourself into. Sure. I have no hesitation in doing it though because I'm doing something about it, you know, and I'm just going to become stronger for it. I did it all throughout my career. Like mm. I was like, I'm not good at this stuff. I need to get better. I never said I was good at anything. I'm just better than most other people, depending who you're comparing yourself to. But um, that's incredible. So much valuable information. Um Best place for our listeners to find you, social yeah. media, website, anything you want them to know yeah. about you. So www.alliesangels.com.au is our website. Ali's Angels and Alphas is our um, coaching business. You can also find us on Comp Coach, Fit Angels, um, Ali's Angels Fitness, and at my personal page, which is Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro. Um, you can also tune into and listen to our podcast, The Competitive Edge Fitness Uncensored. Find the old version where we had Ben on. It was a good one. And um, um, other than that, I think that's probably about it. And I'll link to all that stuff in the show yeah. notes. You're amazing. Keep doing Thank wonderful you. things and inspiring millions of men and women. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.
All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that podcast with Miss Alicia Gowans. You know I created this podcast to help you and me live our greatest life in a body that we love. And as I said in the beginning of the show, the idea of chasing this desirable body is a very external goal. And I encourage each and every one of you to realize that building a body will never bring you happiness, joy, or fulfillment. People think that happiness will come as a result of achieving this ideal body, and it's actually, in fact, more the opposite. If you achieve happiness and joy and fulfillment on the inside first, your body then becomes an outward expression of that. So I encourage each and every one of you to start exploring how you can bring happiness into your life on a regular basis. Plan it into your schedule. Write down a list of things that bring joy or fulfillment or happiness into your life. And ideally, it's not destructive things. It's things that you can just do that make you feel full, make you feel like your tank is full, like your heart is enriched, and then plan those things on a regular basis. So many of us are attached to this. I have to crush it, I have to work hard, and then end up either binging or doing something destructive when we've kind of gone too far over the edge. I suggest each and every one of you start to plan joy, happiness, achievement in your day every single day, whatever that means for you. So for me, that means daily meditation. That's so enriching for me. I feel so much better, so much more calm, so much more responsive rather than reactive. Uh, planning time with my children and planning time outside just to be grateful for this amazing life and this amazing body we've been gifted. Uh, take some time to create a gratitude practice and build that into your life. And I promise it'll be so much easier to push harder with work. It'll be so much more focused uh, and so much more fulfilled. And do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. Head over to iTunes now, Muscle Intelligence Podcast. Share with at least one person you know and leave us a review because you love us and your reviews and subscriptions drive the podcast so we can continue to bring you the best guests in the world. As always, uh, live your greatest life in a body you love. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Bikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.